are listening to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living on mission for the glory of God. You are back with Darian and Amanda, part four. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're so glad to have you. <laughs> I feel like this is the most incredible summer for us <laughs> yeah. to just taking over the podcast. Hope you guys have enjoyed some of the hard hitters. We just came in hot and <laughs> heavy with these topics. We're not shying away from it. Mm-hmm. We started with sex. We're talking about feminism. Yeah. Kind of on that same tangential mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. We talked about gender norms last week. Yep. We're coming in on the tail end of just biblical femininity, what that means. We'll talk about modesty this time around. And some of the feminist ideologies mm-hmm. in the Christian world. So some of those being egalitarian views versus complementarian views. So mm-hmm. Yes, those heavy words that I hadn't even heard of before. <clears throat> Heading in for a wild ride. Um, I mean, and if you've not heard them before, they're pretty simple. I think if you think complementarian, compliment. Yep. Yeah. Right. So we are to complement each other, not one heading over the other. Compliment, right? We don't complete our spouse. We complement each other. Yes. Yes. As we grow in our sanctification as individuals, because the Lord completes and that good work. Mm-hmm. Right. Not our spouse. Our spouse doesn't complete us. For yes. the hopeless romantic out yes. there. Yes. <laughs> complete me. And egalitarian, e equal, mm-hmm. kind of tags that line, right? We believe that women are equal in value to mm-hmm. purpose differently, whereas mm-hmm. egalitarians believe any office a man holds, a woman can also hold mm-hmm. because we are of equal value. Mm-hmm. So just kind of breaking that down into real simple terms. Mm-hmm. My husband is definitely a scholastic theologian, but yes. really there's no difference, honestly, <laughs> because theology is just growing in the knowledge of God, mm-hmm. right? So every person is called to be a theologian. Mm-hmm. So we're going to challenge that. Don't be scared. Don't shy yes. away. Learn some learn some new Learn some big today. words yes. here today. So we talked about last week some of the fall, right? And we can see Adam blames mm-hmm. Eve in the fall, and it's not a just-like-a-man moment. What? That's just-like-a-man blame as a woman. <laughs> Shy away from responsibility. Yes, we see that he is doing that, right? A man should not be passive. Mm-hmm. But we don't get a statement of the length of time. We're just going to dive in. So we're, we yep. don't get a statement of the length of time that passed between creation and the fall. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the transformative power of the feminine touch, mm-hmm. right? So we get to see that there was probably so much trust that Adam had with Eve yep. in the garden. And she's saying, eat this fruit. And he probably thought all of the times that she said, try this fruit, hun. Yeah. Like, this is so good. It's so delicious. And maybe he should have done a better job about questioning. Maybe... He was a little bit of that selective, I'm going to choose ignorance. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure this this looks like the fruit from the tree that God's a nod to eat. <laughs> but you can see that there's probably a lot of trust here in just knowing who his wife was and that transformative power. And he just accepted what she had to say. Mm-hmm. And you can see here in creation at the garden, 
it was the way God had intended, right? So Eve had a voice. Yep. We can see that here in scripture that Eve had this voice and her husband was inclined to listen. Yep. She clearly had some of his respect, right? Because he did listen to what she had to say. And so submission doesn't mean that you don't have a voice in your marriage. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you don't have a voice to say anything in leadership, in your church, with your Bible study. We Listen, the cove listens to the ladies. You tell us what you want, and we figure out how to get there and what to do with that. So if you've got anything interesting you want to share with me and Amanda, go ahead. We're always willing to listen. But we do get to see that, right? Adam was betrayed ultimately by the woman that he loved and he trusted and women are transformative. We can take something from our partners and Mm -hmm. from that something with the help of God comes a child. Yep. And then that child comes into the world and we take that malleable young mind and we, with our partners, Mm -hmm. right? We talked about rearing Mm -hmm. our children together. Yep. Um, Take that child to being a contributing human being to society. Mm -hmm. And again, not to negate the nurturing spirit of a mother and what that provides for a child. Yep. But we're not just called to motherhood as women. Exactly. Because that's a season. And it's a short season. If you talk to anyone who is well on in years like the prophetess Anna, (laughs) as Luke so eloquently put it. Yes. If you've ever met a woman who's well on in years, she'll tell you that it's the shortest season of life. Motherhood is one of the shortest seasons I mean, of life. granted, you never stop being a mother right. if you are one. But the fact of having small children running around, it does pass very quickly. And also being sensitive to the fact that I know a lot of women listening um, want to be mothers. You know, I know that there's a lot of infertility issues. I know mm-hmm. that there's some women that aren't even married and they still long to be a mother. You know, there's... So we're not trying to just focus on the one aspect of being a woman because, like we said, that's not the only thing that makes you a woman is whether or not you can have a baby. Right, and let's be honest, infertility is not new. There's nothing new under the sun. We see it in the Bible, right? Um, Father Abraham, many sons. (laughs) Yes, yes. Many sons, Father Abraham. Yep. And I'm one of them. <laughs> so are you. But we see how Father you didn't Abraham. You have musical numbers on this. Yes. So did you. Yes. We are going to do a musical number. Yeah. I I mean, we see how Father Abraham had many sons. Mm-hmm. And his wife was like, sleep with the maid. Yep. And that was a common practice that happened a lot. And just want to make this differentiation. There is descriptive words in the Bible, and then there's prescriptive, right? So descriptive is just to tell the story, move it along. It's not a recommendation. Not the recommendation. You can't um, conceive. This is not the handmaid's tale. (laughs) Yeah. We're not saying send your husband out to sleep with the maid or to say Or to get a maid for that (laughs) reason. But it's just to say that there's nothing new under the sun. And we can see that God comforts the women in that. We also see that Leah in the Old Testament had her womb opened by the Lord because he knew that she was unloved Mm -hmm. or she was Mm -hmm. less loved Mm -hmm. perhaps by her spouse because he absolutely adored Rachel for her beauty. Mm -hmm. And I believe it describes um, Leah as ordinary Mm -hmm. in the Bible. 
And once again, we are not prescribing polygamy. Right. <laughs> we are describing polygamy. Yes, yes, we're making those differentiations. Yes. But you can see that there was, God knows every woman on this mm-hmm. earth. And we can see that, oh, she's going to have his firstborn son because that's going to make her husband love her. And God opened her womb. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's probably what was going through her mind. Leah's thinking, well, I have a son. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give him many sons. And he's going to love me more and more. Mm-hmm. And that's not quite how the story goes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But we can see that God has compassion mm-hmm. on women. Every woman's a theologian. But beyond that, right, women are not just called to motherhood. Like, there's other women we see in the Bible. We see the Proverbs 31 woman. Yep. She was not just a mother. She was a landowner. Yep. She employed people. Business owner. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And then we also see Deborah, who was a judge in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. or even in the New Testament, deaconess. And we have a voice, and mm-hmm. God permits the parameters for that, right? So, I do okay. believe there are certain things women are not called to, which is to be a pastor. You right. Know? That is not what God, we're called God to. God does put parameters on that, like you were saying, for yes. women. So, um, not to say that we don't have a voice. We exactly. have a voice in our marriage. That does not mean because we are the submissive part in mm-hmm. our marriage. It doesn't mean that we don't have a voice to share our opinion with our husband mm-hmm. graciously. And like you said, and if you're not married, you have a voice that you're in your church. You have a voice in your community and you should be heard for sure. Because we see that we have parameters for that. And and I think prophetess is used in some weird wonky-tonky ways where it's like, I have a vision (laughs) or a goal. Like, we're not saying that. We're not pulling tarot cards here. No, we're not. (laughs) We don't have a little, like, glass ball over there. Yeah, yeah. We're not reading palms or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it ultimately it, it is bringing truth yes. of scripture. Yes, that is what it is, right? And, and I do think women can see a side of scripture, and like kind of going back to what we touched on with the gender role. There's just different mm-hmm. things that we can see. In women scripture. are very discerning. Yep, yep, exactly. Women have better reads on people emotionally. Yep. They're very detail oriented, whereas mm-hmm. a man might not be, right? Which both are needed. Yes. You need someone with an overarching view, and you need someone who focuses on the details, yes. right? We see that with our pastor and his wife. Yes. You yes, know, exactly. he's like, this is my idea, and she comes in with the details for execution, and it's great. A lot of times, I uh, will ask David, I'll be like, so what did Julie say about that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we, we know as women, like you said, we got to make sure that the other women are we're all, we're all on the same page here. Right, and... We don't just amount to wife or mother or aid or partner. Mm -hmm. We go beyond that because we're all, all man and woman, Mm -hmm. are called to share the good news of Christ Jesus and to make disciples of all the nations. We're called to teach one another, exhort one another. And women don't play a passive part in ushering forth the kingdom of heaven. That is not how God has created us, right? All creation will bow down and declare and I think that that's where submissive is king. doesn't mean passive. Right. You know, and that's and the I think difference. That's, yes. We're all to be very active in our walk mm-hmm. with the Lord. We're all to be very active in making disciples and to teach and to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Now, are women called to stand behind the pulpit every Sunday and pastor a church? No. Nor do I want that. Actually, the Bible 
even encourages men to really challenge that if they believe mm-hmm. that they've been called, mm-hmm. right? Because you will be judged far more heavily mm-hmm. than anyone else. Because that is to take charge and help lead and shepherd people in their spiritual walk. Yep. And it is a heavy call. And if you've been called to that, God bless you and mm-hmm. help you. Godspeed, man. Um, man, not man. woman. Yeah, yeah. Specifying that here. But there's such goodness and hierarchy that we see. Not everyone should have the same opportunities. Right. I mean, there's a hierarchy, right? We see that with, we have govern, governing authorities. Mm-hmm. We have God as the ultimate governing authority. We see that there are parents, right, that have the authority over their household. Yeah. And it should be a partnership. But, you know, this is one of those egalitarian mindsets, mm-hmm. this subtle ideology that seeps into the household, especially for mothers, I want to say, mm-hmm. or just women in general. You know, you're thinking, well... Well, our curse is someone to control, right? right? So, Well, you know, like, here's an example. You see social media, and it's like, am I a hypocrite because I'm 16 and my little sister is 12 and she wants to be on TikTok? And it's like, well, would you let your 12-year-old drive your car? Right. Yeah. There, there's certain things that are age appropriate. I don't even think TikTok is appropriate for a 16 year old. <laughs> right. Right. But like there are things that we see parents who question that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on social media, but I won't let my kids be on social. I have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I have an iPhone, but am I a hypocrite? Cause I won't let my kids have mm-hmm. it. I have inter- internet access on my phone. Am I a hypocrite? Cause I won't allow my child to have it. There are certain things that are child appropriate. And that's that egalitarian worldview mm-hmm. that is seeping into Christian households. I've said that to my kids and said so many times, like, how come I can't insert whatever? And I'm like, well, when you're 34, like, mom, you can't, you know? Right, like, right. It's one of those things, like... Not age appropriate. You're not when not, you're my age and you have pay a mortgage and you do what it, like, then you right. decide. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not for child marriages. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. going to let your 17... I'm so in love, mom. no. Yeah. Like, that's not happening. Because Praise certain... the Lord, I didn't marry who I was in love with at 17, you know? Right? Praise God, seriously. Yes. My goodness, dodged a bullet there, yes. I promise. Yes. Um, I also wasn't saved at 17, so I really dodged <laughs> yeah. a bullet, guys. Yeah. Um, but we can see that that's kind of one of those egalitarian mindsets where everybody, mm-hmm. everybody should have the same and equal opportunities. Mm-hmm. And really, it's not. Right? There are things that are age-appropriate. There are things that are generally just inappropriate mm-hmm. for one person or another um and I think that would maybe <laughs> also kind of lead into I know we were talking a little bit about modesty but like a man can take his shirt off but a woman can't walk around with her shirt off you know what I'm saying right. like talk about things that are different things and just, just different. gender appropriate and just like, gender appropriate right no, so it's, it's like we the see these little in- infection points right yes where that is actually one that happens with society where yeah. women are like well no shirt. And it's yeah. like, oh. Why can't I show my boobs, but my boyfriend can, or whatever the right. case may be? Like, well, because we're different. <laughs> because, we're different. because we're different. And I think that goes to talking about modesty, yeah. right? It's very contextual. Yep. What you would wear at the beach, not to say that there aren't very, there are modest bathing suits and very yes. immodest yes. bathing suits. But what you wear at the beach is not something you would wear on a Sunday morning at church. Right. We're not saying show up to the beach in like a full-on bodysuit and that's all you can wear. Right. But we both know that, we all know as a Christian right. woman, if you're showing and your whole butt's hanging out and all your cleavage is out right. and you're about to have a 
nip slip is probably right. not yeah. appropriate. Right. It's probably not appropriate. <laughs> and there's certain things that, I mean, Amanda and I could wear the same shirt and it would be very um, yes. inappropriate for me <laughs> yes. being, being shaped the way that I yes. am and yes. the way that God has made me. It's not appropriate for me to maybe have something that, like, an appropriate V-cut, you know? Right. Sometimes that looks fine on some women, and then other times yeah. it's like that's a lot of cleavage. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm not going to say a crop top is immodest, mm-hmm. inherently we're immodest. We don't need finger-length <clears throat> skirts for every woman, we're not right. saying. But... Because some women really do have longer arms and shorter, yes. tor- like, torsos. Yes. And so what is fingertip length mm-hmm. might be below the knee for some women versus right. above the knee, which we're not going to... Come out with rulers on hem length. It's not legalistic. Modesty right. is not a legalistic thing. I think Correct. that's... Modesty is a heart issue. And I think that's ultimately what we have to remember. And I think it goes beyond that, too, because we see that there should be grace, definitely, mm-hmm. for those who are being sanctified, right? Mm-hmm. So it could actually hurt a Christian. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that we shouldn't exhort one another, encourage one another, sharpen one another, iron sharpens iron. But I'm saying, like we should be very gracious when we discuss something Mm -hmm. with a woman about dress. We also have to understand, I don't think it's appropriate for a man to have a conversation with a girl to tell her how to tell her her how to wear her clothes. Exactly. Right. That's either a place for their mom. And if mom doesn't know, or mom's on the picture, once again, Holy spirit led, right? Right. Dad has to tell daughter how to, how to help her dress. That is a different story than dad putting his foot down and saying, I mean, and I think you went through this with, with Ellie, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like We're going through it right now. Right. Yes. She just shot up and she yes. like hit a growth spurt. Yep. And some of the things that were appropriate like mm-hmm. length are now yep. no longer appropriate length. Literally because, Sunday morning she came downstairs in a dress and I'm like, girlfriend, you're a little too tall for that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, I know it still fits you in the shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I know you yeah. like, but you didn't wear that as a shirt now. Yeah, like exactly. that's a shirt now. Exactly. Your legs have you've shot yes. up like five inches overnight. And that happens, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things like mom I mean, Amanda mm-hmm. over here is doing a good job in, in talking about that and being aware of that. Because, like we said, modesty is contextual for sure, mm-hmm. right? What you would wear in front of your husband in the comfort of your own home yes. is very different from what you should wear out to the grocery store. Yes. You should be aware, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you're like, oh, in my heart, I'm not out here to tempt people, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying if someone sins. That is on you. I'm not saying that at yeah, all. We're not promoting rape culture. We're no. your fault if you wore a crop top and you got. We definitely don't. Encourage that's not. That. that is not what we're saying. Right. right. I mean, I think it's a, a matter of how you style that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely overexposure of skin. I'm, yeah. Again, it's we're not trying to be legalistic. We're not trying to give a cookie cutter one size right. fits all. Right. But There's, our body's a temple. Right. Like right. we can't forget that in the rush of what the world is saying to show it all off. Like. Right. Our bodies, and, and you don't want to talk about gender things, like men are more naturally visual than a right. woman, right? Like, And if my elbows are causing a man to sin, that's a him problem, exactly. not me. Like, exactly. Sorry, it is 94 degrees <laughs> yeah, without yeah, contributing yeah. humidity. Like, it's August in the South. But like you said, being aware, right? right. Because aware. if I'm wearing a crop top and I have a lot of cleavage showing, like, you should know that right. that's going to be something that may cause somebody to stumble. Now, once again, you can't control their thoughts, but right. it's these conversations that we need to have. It's the and, same as if you don't want to cause a stumbling block for your your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? So if you know that you have someone who is 
a struggling glutton because mm-hmm. that is a sin that doesn't get talked about a lot. Oh, we can have a whole other podcast um, on that. <laughs> I know I am a glutton. <laughs> it is a, it is one of the seven deadliest sins mm. that I struggle with. Shoo. You know, but you're not going to be knowing that someone is struggling with that and has a sweet tooth and will binge eat. You're, you're showing up with cakes and McDonald's and thinking all you're day long. You know, I mean, that's thinking, I'm causing a them. stumbling yeah. block. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or you invite over your friend that's an ex-alcoholic and y'all are having drinks around them. That's To me, that's the exact same thing, right? right? Like, I mean, yes, you have freedom in Christ, but it's being aware and not and, wanting to cause something like that. Right, and I think we talked about it in the last podcast where it was in Philippians to count your neighbor as right. higher than yourself. Right. Right. So, it's just one of those things where we should not act in the interest of ourselves, but in the interest of others. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, right? Any man can lay down his life for his friend, right? Mm-hmm. But it takes Jesus Christ to lay down his life for strangers. And, and I, enemies. Not and enemies. Strangers, enemies, yeah. Um, active enemies. Yeah. But that was, that's kind of where it is. Like, the Christian walk is sacrificial mm-hmm. to your brothers and sisters in Christ. You sacrifice some of your freedoms, your, your liberties in Christ because you want to put others higher than yourself. Right. And I think that's, that is a biblical principle for all people, mm-hmm. not just women. Um, we do see that women tend to have roles, especially with raising children, mm-hmm. being very sacrificial. There's there's nine months of sacrifice that our husbands Amen. will never know. And then um, if you nurse afterwards, there's way more. Right. <laughs> way more months of sacrifice. When your child there. has a milk allergy and you're nursing <laughs> yes. for 14 months. Yes, yes, and yes. There are sacrifices that your husband will never have to mm-hmm. know with mm-hmm. motherhood. Um, but it is naturally a part of the Christian walk, right? Is to sacrifice. A husband then, is to sacrifice for his wife. And seeing in that that worldview of feminism is seeing that as a burden instead of a blessing. And I think that's what, like the Bible says, that's a blessing to sacrifice. The world says it's a burden to have to sacrifice something. And that's the difference. Right. To lo- to, you should love yourself first. Yeah, that is not what the Bible says. Spoiler alert, if you don't know yes. this, that is not what the Bible says at all. So we do not come first, we come last. So. Yes. And just on that note where mm-hmm. we're like, oh, to sacrifice is awful. Yep. And does it suck sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It it's not easy. It's not Sanctification easy. is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Sanctification is painful yep. at times. But we. We do see that in culture where it's like, well, sacrifice is hard, so just escape. And mm-hmm. we do see that, and this is coming from someone who was raised by a father, mm-hmm. right? We see women abandoning the family. Yeah. Um, and we see that happening more and more often mm-hmm. where women are abandoning their role as mother, mm-hmm. as wife, and choosing to love self and it's unfortunate for the men and the children that are left in the chaos of that. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, even abandoning the family, I've, I see a lot in our culture now of choosing to not even have one. And I mean, it's, it's very different if you can't conceive that it's mm-hmm. a whole different story. But if you're choosing just out of selfishness, because you don't want to, and that our culture is moving, shifting towards that, you know, there's more dog parks being built in America than there are regular parks. What does that tell us about Americans right now, we're valuing animals more highly than we are having children and doing, you know, we've just saved the planet, Amanda. <laughs> so, just, I mean, and I 
ultimately on that note, right, we, we do see that that's why there is this call to reproductive rights, mm-hmm. right? Abortion mm-hmm. is not a right. Murder is not a right. No. It is not. And this is where feminism does hit a very bad wall. Mm-hmm. It's creating these laws and these regulations that were never intended in God's perfect design, right? right? right. It was never intended for a man or a woman mm-hmm. to abandon the family. Yeah. That was never a part of his plan. Mm-hmm. There was never a part of his plan where a man impregnated a woman and left. And right? she has to deal with and she has to deal with everything. So she would choose to not have that baby instead. Right. We we do see that in Deuteronomy, a man, if he does impregnate a woman, is called to marry her. Yeah. And that's that is again, we're that's not a one size fits all here. I'm not trying to say like the way to fix pregnancy outside yeah. of marriage yeah. is to get married. I'm not saying that at all. <clears throat> I know but if happens. we follow God's plan and we don't choose to enter into sexual relations before marriage, we don't choose. I'm putting that there because right. their choice is taken from some ladies. But if we don't choose that, then we don't even have to think about that consequence, right? We right. don't have to go for any further than that. Right. And abortion is ultimately running away from the consequences mm-hmm. of the decision made. Mm-hmm. But these are these are things that are made to accommodate things that were outside of God's design. Right. That right. was not. That was never his intent. Right. It was never intended for women to be promiscuous, nor mm-hmm. was it intended for a man to be promiscuous. That exactly. was not the plan. Exactly. And there are studies that show that a man can be just as satisfied in being married, going home to one woman, and having multiple children with her as he would be to sleep with a new woman every night. Yeah. And why not pick? The one that God had intended. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I think there's so many ways go that we could, we could go on and on. We could dive into more of the abortion or dive into more of the modesty. You know, I, there's just so many things there. But I think some of the points that we hit are just, just the key, some of the key things. Like we said at the beginning, what it looks like to be a Christian woman in this <clears throat> quote-unquote modern world that's in the fourth wave of feminism right now. Right. Know? And I... Ultimately, I think the biggest thing that we should aim to do is be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, be still. Stay in Scripture. Stay in Scripture. Yep. Learn the difference between prescriptive and descriptive. Yes. yes. And have a community. As a woman, you need a community of women around you to support you and guide you in the Word. Right. And I think one of, one of the things that I struggle with the most as a woman mm-hmm. is just being present. Mm-hmm. because we, and I think that's where we do see people abandoning the decision to even have kids. Mm-hmm. We see that they're more concerned about the future, right? Mm-hmm. And God says, don't worry about the future. Yes, today has exactly. Worry for itself. Exactly. And I mean, we see that in female culture. Now there's pumpkins out y'all. It is August and they're pumpkins. <laughs> and this is coming from a woman who's already had a pumpkin spice latte. So don't come at me because <laughs> I'm preaching to myself, but you know, when we're single, we want to be married. When yeah. we're married, we want to have small kids. When we have small kids, we want them to grow up and get out of the house because we're tired of sleepless nights and dirty yeah. diapers and potty training. And mommy wants snack. Mommy yeah. wants snack. Mommy wants snack. Yeah. yeah. And we're constantly just looking for the next thing, waiting for the next season, rather than fully engaging in the season that God has us in yes. today. Yes. And if only we would, like you said, lean into that. Lean into what God has for you in this season. Lean into what God has for you in the in the heat of 
a South Carolina summer yep. and what today's troubles were. Mm-hmm. What is God teaching you today in this very moment? Because really, no one knows the time or the hour mm-hmm. except for the Father in heaven. And whatever your eschatological view is, I like that word, eschatological. <laughs> whatever your view is on that, on the end times, God is coming back. Yeah. And he tells us very clearly not to worry about tomorrow. Mm-hmm just to focus on today. And I know that I'm a better mother when I'm focused on that. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm a better friend when I'm focused on that. I'm a better wife. I'm a better employee when I'm focused on that, on I have today. Mm -hmm. And if I put off today for tomorrow and I could do today's work and tomorrow's work. Yeah. Yeah. How much more could I accomplish if I just took all that energy and did it today? Yeah, exactly. so it is just one of those things where we need to lean into the season that God has us in Mm -hmm. lean into the fact that we were made for such a time as this Mm -hmm. your kids were made for such a time as this and I I think it does enter into the Christian world I know for years I debated do I want to really bring a child into this like Mm -hmm. there's riots there's Mm -hmm. cities being set ablaze there's protests there uh, there's just all this chaos in the world there's always been chaos in the yeah, world nothing new under the sun as david said in ecclesiastes home <laughs> yeah there's nothing yeah. new under the sun and do you trust god right do you trust exactly because ultimately how you interact in this world how you interact day to day how you interact with your spouse or your friends or your mm-hmm. children tells a lot about your theology. Mm-hmm. It tells a lot about what you believe about God. Yeah. Do you believe that he is gracious? Do you believe that he is kind? Do you believe that he is patient? Do you believe that he is loving and has concern for his people? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that he is is forgiving and is gracious and sacrificial? Because ultimately, if you believe those things about God and we're called to grow in our Christ-likeness, you will also pursue those things. in your day-to-day yes amen so we're so like i said we're so glad that you've joined us you've stuck with us for four parts of this um stuck with the hot mess express yes yes and i'm telling you in the summertime we are definitely hot emphasis on the hot Yes. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully um, we'll be back in the future. I don't know. We'll look for that. But, you know, as we said, it women need community. If you need community, that's what the code was created for. So reach out to Derry and reach out to myself, reach out to any, you know, even if I am Derry. And also, I don't know if we introduced, oh, I, yes, introduced sorry. My, I don't know if I introduced myself. <laughs> I am Derry. If you need anything, even if you don't go to Doxa, you can reach out to us on social media, Doxa Dialogue. You know, you can go there and, and just send them a message and we'll get you in contact with someone so we can have some community for you as well. But thanks for listening. You are loved.